Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Professor, how you doing? Good. How are you, Dave? I was worried about you yesterday. Oh, because I took the day off? Well, I, I, I was figuring it was one of two reasons. Okay. One, you wanted to fly down to San Diego to see your Chargers. <laughs> okay. Or number two, that you were so depressed by Madame Odio getting eliminated after 38 oh. consecutive wins on Jeopardy that uh, you just couldn't handle it and needed a day off. Okay, you know what? I didn't like that Amodio guy because when he would read the... Whenever he would say, I'll take this category, he'd only put one word in there. But I, you know, because it was like, uh, it's like, you know, a category that has like mm-hmm. five words. He would just say one of the words. And I was like, wait, which one is that? I don't remember. He wouldn't say it. But I'm told by really good players that that's what you should do because of the time. You know, that right, way it saves right. more time and you can get to more questions. Well, and again, the, the strategy that he uses is just amazing because, uh, I mean, it's I think that's, I don't know, it's been one year or two years since a lot of the top uh, players have been doing it, is that you start off going for the high numbers. Right. You know, the 800s, thousands, and all that stuff. So you can build up enough of a lead that you, you kind of panic the people you're competing against. But, I mean, how about the fact over 38, we had 38 consecutive wins and, and he missed four in the uh, stretch that cost him the chance to get his 39th, and he won over, like, $1.4 million. Pretty amazing. Well, and, you know, the strategy, I get it. You know, you get that, the $1,000 deal. I mm-hmm. promise we'll get to NFL, folks, uh, really quick here. But you, you get a bunch of money, but then, you know, you get the daily double, yeah. and then you overwhelm people with the numbers. But the thing is... Just like what Gabe Jackson just told us, like blocking is blocking. What no matter who is playing, you know, if it's the backup quarterback or the first string quarterback, blocking is blocking. You still got to get the questions right, and and the guy was brilliant. I mean, he he was he he knew pretty much something about everything. I felt like he was the one guy that was most like a computer. Like he would, like he would slow down for a second, and then all of a sudden he would put the name out there, like he was searching for it in his files. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy was pretty amazing. You Jeopardy fan, Gross? So you guys are talking about analytics and Jeopardy. Do I got that right? <laughs> it relates to football. It'll get there. I made, uh, I made yes, a Gabe I, Jackson reference. I heard that. Yeah, yes, I did watch. <laughs> I, I do watch. I did watch. And uh, what annoyed me is that uh, he, he would he, he always delay his answer and only use one of the names in the answer. <laughs> I found him an annoying, annoying champion. Yeah, there we go. Oh. But very good. Yeah. All right, John, a couple of questions here. We know the big news today with the Seahawks is Trey Flowers mm-hmm. uh, was was released, and, and 206 was uh, texting in saying, you know, was that a sacrificial lamb move just to send a message to the rest of the guys? I would say no because Pete's always been very upfront with guys, and it's not like he would use that as, as something. But it was it was kind of a – was it odd timing to you, John? It was, yeah, because uh, you know you you, you go here uh, after five weeks and you make a move like that, and to me that was the surprise. But also, you can see what Pete Carroll said today is that uh, you know they tried their best and they've worked with him even more intensely during the season, and it just ne- wasn't necessarily working out. And so he thought a change of venue would be the best thing for him, and he's not going to have any problem getting a job because there's so many teams right now that have injuries at the cornerback position or 
need corners. So I'm not saying he's going to get something tomorrow, but he'll he'll get something reasonably quick. But uh, you know, in the end, it's like uh, uh, it was it was time, I guess, to make a change. And you know, because he had dropped down, I mean, clearly he was now behind Sidney Jones. You know, with uh, Trey Brown coming off the injured list, he was going to be behind him. So now all of a sudden, if you're looking at Trey Flowers with 40 starts and you're the fifth uh, corner, you probably want to go someplace else. John, what's a bigger challenge, trying to turn around this year's defense or trying to turn around last year's defense? Mm, Well, right now you have to say this year's defense because this year's defense is worse. I mean, you know, you you look back to last year and, you know, much in the same way, they faced good quarterbacks at the beginning of the season, you know, because they were going against Dak Prescott when he was healthy and Kirk Cousins and all those guys. Uh, and but, you know, in the end, uh, they they came back and, uh, you know, they needed to you know, do do some things. But I mean, this one looks even worse right now because you, you don't have Sha- uh, Shaquille Griffin. In, at the cornerback position, and so you've got now a bunch of question marks at cornerback. And uh, what I see, I still think, because again, this wasn't as bad last year. The meshing of the linebackers and the corners and the safeties, because they don't seem to be on the same page, and they leave big gaps in the middle of the field that the uh, quarterbacks easily take advantage of. So I think this year's challenge is even bigger. I mean, what, they're giving up 454 yards a game. As bad as it was at the beginning of the season last year, I mean, they, didn't, they weren't putting up the worst defensive numbers in NFL history. Yeah. It, well, and I I remember at one point in the passing game, and that's just passing yardage. They were on pace last year to have more passing yards given up than the 13 and 14 defenses put together mm-hmm. combined. So, but and, and the other thing that's that's kind of weird about it is that um is that it, it is I'm sorry. They uh, people are probably tired of hearing this, but these are easy fixes. Like, just don't jump the short stuff in your zone or don't go under blocks or don't, you know, not be physical at the at the point of attack. And so it, it seems like those are like what I've been texting to people when they text. And I say, I think the mistakes are not specific to this defense. They are specific to just their universal problems. Like in, you know, day one, mm-hmm. you don't do this. You don't desert your gap. You don't desert your zone. And. You know that's that's the thing that I think is is so frustrating. So, do you think this is the week that they get it together, John? You think? I don't know. Yeah, it's... I mean, you, you wonder because again they're going against Ben Roethlisberger, and sure, Ben at least until Sunday hadn't been getting the ball downfield, but boy, he has such a fast release. I think he's getting rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds, and uh, that make that means it's going to get tough, even though he's got a bad uh, offensive line to be able to get to him and put some pressure on him. Now it did help the Seahawks that Juju Smith-Schuster is now out for the season with a shoulder injury. So now they have to kind of you know dig down next guy up type of theory. Uh, they do run the ball well with Najee Harris. And right now uh, the Seahawks are giving up, what, 145 yards rushing a game, which is not good. And so overall, I mean, there's a lot of issues with this team. This may sound like a silly question, but do you think the Seahawks will dramatically change their approach on offense with Geno Smith? No, I don't think so. There's no need to. I mean, because, you know, he's a mobile quarterback. He likes to throw within rhythm. I think that, uh, you know, they certainly need to have success running the football to make it, you know, better. But, uh, no, I don't think they're going to make any dramatic changes. I mean, certainly when Geno came in with that 98-yard drive, there was no change and no need to change. So I think that it's going to be very similar. 
And now it's a matter, if you remember today, or yesterday, they brought in Blake Bortles, and now they didn't sign him, and now I think we get the uh, reason why, you know, because Russell Wilson may be coming back a little bit sooner than you expect, because, you know, technically, even though he can't do much with the offense right now, I mean, he was on the field today, and, uh, you know, he's got the splint on his finger and all those different things, but, uh, I mean, you kind of get the feeling that uh, this four to six, six to eight, or as Dave Wyman always says, five to 12 week injury <laughs> is going to be, uh, you know, back a little bit quicker. So, you know, so I don't know if he's going to make it before the bye week, maybe probably not, but I think that you can see that uh, I think they're counting on him to come back. Hey, John, there's a couple of texts from uh, uh, different 509, 206. 206 was asking about KJ and if that's been the difference. I, I feel like once they, they change the defense and, you know, like you have the mm-hmm. outside backers or more defensive end types, that that is – that no, that that wouldn't make a big difference having KJ here now. And that's, you know, not something that they should have done. But if they kept it the same uh, – you know, the one thing – I think you said this, Graz, that he just pre- prevented things from happening. You know, he was he was not so much like, you know, uh, like he was he was obviously a really good player. But it was like that's what kind of I always look at that turnaround last year and the face of the turnaround on defense was K.J. Wright. Like he was the guy that kind of helped hold everybody accountable and responsible from that standpoint. But I felt like once they changed the defense and went into this year that I don't I don't know how much he would help the defense as the, the the way it's schemed right now yeah the way it is right now one missed player is not going to uh you know say okay you, you know you put it on one player i mean obviously it's on a whole bunch of players and so not just one but now that you look back and i know i was thinking about this you know at training camp and when i was looking at the season and all that stuff you know i thought that uh, boy you've got derrick henry coming in in week two Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, you know, Derek Henry in week two, then Dalvin Cook in week three. It's like that's where K.J. Wright would be so valuable because he was so good at getting up to, uh, you know, the line of scrimmage and making a key stop here or there. And, you know, he was still one of the better cornerback or linebackers in dropping into coverage and doing that. And so now I think in retrospect, even though, again, they feel comfortable with Jordan Brooks and comfortable with Corey Barton and all that, is that, uh, you know, they probably made a mistake by not bringing K.J. right back. Where do you sense the frustration level is with the guys in particular on the defense right now? Mm, Big. I mean, because uh, you you can see they don't have answers and you don't know if they're going to be able to have the answers by Sunday. You know, and so, you know, you can uh, you you know, they're going to work hard. I mean, you saw at least at the beginning of the game last week, they played pretty well. But then all of a sudden, everything fell apart. And so now, I mean, you look at it, I think the the level of, you know, let's put it this way. You could definitely say that uh, they're not confident because it's not working, and that's understandable. But now it's a matter of you've got to put this all together. Hey, John, uh, the new um, head coach for the Raiders now, the interim guy, is it Rich Bisaccia? Bisaccia, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, was was that the guy that everybody expected? Was he like an assistant head coach or? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I was a little surprised by that because I, yeah. I thought they'd go to Gus Bradley. Right. Yeah, you know, maybe go to Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator. Uh, but uh, I think what they realized, it's like, now, wait a second. 
we've got to control this defense, and Gus Bradley can do a good job with that, so let's leave him as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. And now with John Gruden not calling the plays because he's no longer there, you know, you keep Greg Olson intact as the offensive coordinator. And so if you go that direction, you're not going to go to a position coach. Then the next option is go special teams. Boy, the Gruden thing is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, and I, I saw where Demoris Smith wants all the information released. What, what do you think the chances are that more of those uh, emails are released, even though the NFL says none will? Yeah, I mean, more will be snuck, leaked, but uh, there's not going to be 665,000 or 650,000. 650, yeah, yeah. So, yeah there, there, there's not going to be that many that's going to get out. I mean, simple as that. I mean, there's already been a big batch, but as they leak out. Now, again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because one of the ones that will get involved in this very uh, much is TMZ, you know, because they're so good at doing that stuff. We'll see if TMZ can get a little bit more. But don't, don't you find it ironic that, uh, you know, here's Dan Snyder, right? Mm -hmm. He had an environment in his office where you had 40 women that complained about uh, you know, either sexual harassment or you know bad treatment of women, all those different things, and then uh, you know the only people right now and the only sanctions have you know come. Not it was a sanction, but of course the uh, the only thing happened was John Gruden getting fired and Adam Schefter having to apologize because he sent a uh, story uh, to uh, Bruce Allen. And Bruce say, "Hey, here's why don't you read this and be my editor on this?" And so yeah, he, I was going to talk to you about that. And 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 you're right though, John. I mean, you, the the whole point of this investigation mm -hmm. was how the Redskins were behaving toward towards women in their office. And and I think it's outrageous to think that they can just shut it down after just leaking stuff about John Gruden. Oh yeah, no question. I mean, again, it's like uh, yeah, I, I I don't understand it. But also, it's like at some point, are they going to do something? They haven't done anything. I mean, the only thing that we've seen is that Dan Snyder has stepped down as a ceremonial uh, owner of the team. Now, again, he still owns the team, and he has his wife in charge of the team. But, I mean, is there any change here? Do you think his wife's going to do something that Dan Snyder doesn't want? I mean, I guess, and you've watched it so much, Cross, in baseball. Uh, you've watched it in bat, maybe some degree in basketball, is that the uh, owners own and uh, they get uh, less sanctions uh, and employees have to have the sanctions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I just I can't believe this is going to be shut down after after just this part of it comes out. And the other thing you, you briefly mentioned was was Schefter, who I, I hope this isn't swept under the rug either. Mm -hmm. And you as a journalist, I imagine, are pretty outraged by by the idea that this guy, in, in covering the, um, it was in covering the, the the potential lockout and the strike story, mm -hmm. actually goes to a guy and says, "Here, be my editor on the story." Then says, uh, "says uh, people are right to criticize me, but I wasn't giving up editorial control." When he called him Mr. Editor, I mean, shouldn't mm -hmm. ESPN, your old employer, be be asking for his scalp? Uh, no, no, he's not going to get fired or anything like that. He's too valuable to the company. But I mean, you can see that they're already, you know. Uh, reprimanding him. I don't know how, how they're doing it, but he came out with that statement today. Because I know, for example, I was doing a hit in uh, in Pittsburgh like I do every Wednesday, and they asked me about it, and I said, I'm sorry, it's unprofessional. Because, again, it's like, uh, I mean, you write the stories, but, again, you don't have 
the people you're writing about edit them. I mean, that's as simple as that. I mean, you can ask them questions. You can double check things. You can do all that. But you don't put the story in the hand of the person you're writing about or write, you know, one of the guys that's helping you for the story. And again, I say this because I'm a great friend of Bruce Allen. I'm going to go back with him a lot of years. And I feel bad for Bruce because now with this story coming out and so many of the others and the fact that most of these uh, leaks have come from, uh, you know, his emails uh, to Gruden and other people that, uh, you know, you feel bad about that. But, uh, you know, it's it's one where if you're adamant, because I know when I was doing the Pittsburgh hit, you know, I said, yeah, I mean, it's unprofessional and, you know, he needs to be, uh, you know, reviewed on this, not, re, re, you know, reprimanded, or but at least reviewed. And they put that out and they put it out too strong. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, is Adam going to be uh, mad at me for if they catch that, if he catches that, and basically with his email or his tweet today, uh, you know, he basically said, "No, I think all the criticism is fair. I can't complain about it. I put myself in this position. It's not right." And uh, you know, so uh, it's like any kind of criticism I'm taking, I deserve. Mm. Well, and the thing that he is involved in that was ten years ago. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, during the lockout, 2011. Yeah. All right. Well, and, you know, I feel like Ron Rivera is helping turn around the image. And I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Graz, but it just seems like Ron Rivera is a pretty strong dude because, you know, he he fought off cancer. And, you know, and I feel like going in and he's kind of made people forget about, you know, some of the difficulties and some of the outrageousness. He's given that organization credibility. Exactly. Yeah. And just, you know, a good solid face and it's kind of funny you know some like i would say pete's probably that guy here right some some coaches are they sort of transcend ownership almost but here's but but here's the baffling thing why is their defense so bad we watched it last year when they were ranked at number two on defense and now they're the second worst defense in the league and they can't stop anybody i'm just baffled by that and so, you know, what you're wondering about, because I know, like, in this town, the people, you know, people want changes on the coaching staff and all that, you know, for the defensive start. But it's like, uh, you know, now you start to wonder, is Jack Del Rio in trouble? Because, again, it's just not syncing up. I mean, to be that bad, you know, in a division right now that only has one really good team, and that's the Dallas Cowboys, a team that was not good last year without Dak Prescott, it just kind of baffles me. I'm sorry, I forget. Was Del Rio the D coordinator last year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember getting ready for that game going, man, look at their defense. I mean, they have four first-rounders, mm-hmm. five actually. Five, yeah. Uh, on their defensive line, so, yeah. Hey, uh, John, the MVP race right now uh, looks like uh, poor Russell Wilson is dropping out. And I saw the category was sinking like a stone, Derek Carr mm-hmm. <laughs> and Russell Wilson. But, yeah, yeah. And you can understand with, with Russ, but, uh, yeah, Tom Brady, uh, Dak Prescott, but the, the two headliners, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, my story uh, published today for the Washington Post, and I was asked to do get the five MVPs, and I said, I cannot do five. There's too many guys that are qualified right now, and I ended up going to 10. And number 10, obviously, was going to be Derrick Henry. But I actually put, maybe I'm wrong on this, Kyler Murray, number one, with Tom Brady, number two, and then uh, Josh Allen, number three, Lamar Jackson, number four. 
you know, again, I'm probably maybe putting Lamar Jackson down a little bit too much because, you know, when I wrote the story, uh, they that was, I, I, it was on Monday afternoon, so I didn't have the Monday night game. But I didn't want to change it. I want, I thought Kyler Murray's five and zero. Yeah, he's the only. This is the only team in Reed. football that's done that. And in the case of uh, Josh Allen, I mean, his numbers have just been incredible. Yep. By the way, Dave, it's like, uh, Graz, are you going to get arrested here? What's going on? <laughs> oh, it's just it's just life downtown, John. Yeah, that's true. Graz is running from city. the law. He's on the lam. <laughs> just living in the big city. So what kind of a game are you expecting from the Seahawks and the Steelers on Sunday? Mm, a strange one. You know, because, again, you know, it's going to be where are, where is the Steeler defense? And, of course, I mean, you saw what happened with the uh, Denver Broncos. You know, here's a Denver Bronco team that has the best secondary in football. And what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, they come out and they get, uh, you know, and this is on Kyler, Kyler, Kyle Fuller, the, the $9 million cornerback. I mean, he gave up a 23-yard and a 50-yard pass play in the first drive. And you go, whoa. Where's that coming from? Because it wasn't there in the first four games. You know, and Ben looked good, even though, again, he's always fighting some kind of an injury or something like that. But, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough. But, again, if they can contain Ben and stop and stop the run, I mean, that's, an, that's another thing. You know, we talk about the pass defense and all that stuff, but the run defense hasn't been that great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, John, you talked about doing a, an interview there in Pittsburgh. And, you know, just what's the – the sense of I was telling a story about Roethlisberger with his family mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, over the years, he has kind of he's certainly repaired his image, right? Oh yeah, no doubt. And so now is he he's seen as just this upstanding. I mean, I feel like he makes a couple of bonehead comments every once in a while. Didn't he say something about mm-hmm. giving up uh, his salary so guys like T.J. Watt <clears throat> could get paid? I thought was kind of off the mark a little bit, but for the most part, he's. He's he's an upstanding citizen in Pittsburgh, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, and it didn't start out that way. In fact, right. I know players on the team that just hated him. I mean, because, uh, you know, I, I, I can think of one wide receiver who I'm not going to name that just absolutely despised him because, again, he was brash. He You know, he wasn't really friendly with everybody. I mean, he, you know, he's a typical uh, guy that just didn't integrate with the team. Now he's integrated with the team. And honestly, I thought that was a good comment he made because, you know, just like we saw with Tom Brady, you know, he'll take less money to open it up for other players. And sometimes Bill Belichick didn't use that opportunity to bring in better players, but uh, they used that to get the highest contract for uh, a lot of defensive player in T.J. Watt. Yep. All right, John. Well, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There he Thanks, goes, John. the professor. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, I thought you were going to make me do this blind, Lefko, but you got it here. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light Made to Chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Boy, Kyler Murray, uh, Dave, huh? I mean, just unbelievable start to this year. It, it really is. And I, and I remember thinking, you know, before the, the season going, it's kind of a make or break year for him. I mean, he was the number one pick in the draft and, you know, he's been okay. But now, you know, he's at that point where he really needs to deliver. And yeah. man, has he. Yeah. Yeah, really. Got his team 5-0. and oh. Well, coming up next, it's a critical weekend for the Huskies football team, and we'll talk about it straight ahead on the Wyman and Bob Show, 710 ESPN Seattle with Dave Grosby.